I'm going to be sponsoring 10 students to take the Augment Entrepreneurship Program that's taught by the founders of Shazam, Wikipedia, YouTube, and it's been put on by Augment. The co-founder is Ariel, and I had the opportunity to sit down with him today to talk about his journey from being a history student at King's to co-founding one of the fastest growing companies in the world. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Graduate Guide. Today is a very special day. Um, I'm joined by my co-host Marlene uh, for our first in-person interview and we've got a very special guest. Uh, Ariel, welcome to the podcast. If you could just uh, start us off by talking through your career journey from studying history at King's to now founding Augment and everything you do there. Thanks a lot, Peter. Thanks for having me. Uh, super happy to be here. Um, so I grew up to, uh, in Belgium, uh, moved to London, did history at King's, uh, realized quite, quick, quite quickly that uh, that was not my, my path. And so I got into business school. I, uh, I studied at HEC in Paris, did my master in management, uh, worked for a year, and now I'm the, the co-founder and CEO of Augment. Uh, this is uh, an education startup we were building. Uh, an alternative MBA taught by the founders of Shazam, Wikipedia, YouTube, Waze, Lime, and some top executives. Uh, the company is less than two years old, but we just raised a six million seed round. We've got a team of around 10 and more than 500 students from all across the globe. Um, and yeah, I, we're just talking about that uh, right before the interview, but uh, I was a student at King's, so I, I remember me being exactly in the shoes of your listeners uh, three, four years ago. Um, so I'm super happy to, to get to talk to my younger self. Yes, yeah, so I want to ask the question that I feel like a lot of students listening will be wondering. You, know, you say, oh, I want to make this alternative um, MBA and a business course. That's all, that's all well and good as a concept, but then the people you've actually managed to get to teach it are literally the biggest founders yeah. in the world, which yeah. is like the real separating part of why you're doing yeah. so well and why you've raised and everything. So what, what did that take? What was that journey like? Um, the truth is it's, it's not that hard. Uh, and the quick story of like how we got the first yes, because when you start and you've got this very big idea, you go to investors and we somehow managed manage to convince them to, to give us money, um, but we had nothing. I'm from Belgium, I know no one in Silicon Valley, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and so we reached out to tons of people, found their email online, um, and we constantly heard no, 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 no. And then one day, the, uh, Chris Barton, the, the co-founder of Shazam, was like, oh guys, that looks interesting, let's have dinner. And so we flew to San Francisco, sat down mm -hmm. with him, had dinner, it went super well, and we're like, okay, I'm in. And once you get the first yes, constantly hear yes, 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 yes. So it's really like the zero to one, uh, getting the first yes, the first proof that, okay, this is proof of concept, this is working, uh, this is legit, uh, we've got someone um, that brings credibility to the project. Um, so that this is, and, and today it's, it's totally different. We've got 12 instructors, they all know each other. We've got the platform, they can see the videos. So it's, it's getting easier with time to attract those top celebrities. But at first it was just like pure numbers game. Mm. If we reach out to mm. 200 people, we would have one yes. You just need to find the right email addresses, craft the right message and just like do it consistently over a certain period of time and that will work. 
Yeah, and I, I guess I can relate to this journey with the podcast in some kind of way where <laughs> I think when you're just a third year history student at UCL, you think like you don't have the right to maybe be meshing or speaking to some of the people. Yeah. But my sort of, you know, mentality was, which was a very like deluded, you know, optimistic mindset at the time, but it was necessary to make any of this work. It was just like, well, if they respond, then great cool even if it's yes or no just like that that's cool that they've responded to me and if they don't you'll never find out the answer anyway and like you know you're not expected as a student to get a yes from say the managing director google but he was really the, the first person that was like yeah it just sounds cool and, and, and i guess with the final shazam uh was it was there an element of like philanthropy in him doing it like what was his like intentions behind of course it? so there was like a big part of like legacy giving back teaching what he learned, etc. cetera. Uh, but coming back to your point, uh, you reaching out to the Google guy, for instance, uh, reach out or free. Mm. Yeah. And in today's world, it's so, so easy just to connect to someone on LinkedIn or find the right email address, whatever. Uh, and I don't know, like since the very beginning, I've always, that's how I found my internships, that's how I got my, my first job. Uh, I don't know why, but I, I, I can't stand like the standard interview process mm. where you need to first round, second round, blah, 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 case study, whatever. Um, like these people, they've got email addresses. Just send a bunch of emails and you will hear back from at least some of them. And then it's your job to convert that into an opportunity. Uh, but yeah, I've like always been a strong proponent, like sending massive emails to a bunch of interesting people. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think I have a startup as well and just the the um, experience of reaching out to people and actually hearing back is very satisfying in the beginning when you're testing your idea. Um, but what I'm more curious about, so when you left King's and went to HSC to study management and you probably felt like there was a missing element in your education, right, where you felt, okay, great, with all these theories and um, academics teaching me and then there was like a missing element that I think you try to come in with augment or sort of bridge bridge that gap in the market so can you tell us about that story where you felt like your education wasn't really complete and that was actually inspiration for for your business I loved HEC mm -hmm. I loved the, the business school experience I love being on campus I met uh, some of my best friends and that's the reason I stayed in Paris and that I now live in Paris uh, but the actual content mm. was disappointing. It was taught by academics. It was irrelevant. It was not connected to the realities of the business world. Case studies based on uh, pre-internet era examples um, that really didn't make sense. Uh, and I remember just like the disconnect from, okay, your entrepreneurship teacher is not an entrepreneur. He's a researcher. And then you just go on the internet and you've got access to the founders of OpenAI and whatever, and they teach you on YouTube or, or on podcast. Mm. There is something that doesn't make sense in, in, in this, you know. And f the first one, taught by academics, is so much more expensive. And so much more exclusive uh, and requires so much more commitment, blah, blah, blah. And so, it, 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 you know, the... Uh, the idea and the premise behind Augment is just very simple. Business education grounded into the realities of business, taught by people who've done it, based on examples from product and services, 
that we know of and have some sort of like uh, emotional engagement towards because we use them in our everyday life. Um, and let's make that uh, fun, engaging, uh, um, affordable, fully self-paced, fitting into the lives of busy professionals. Uh, just like a, a modern take on, on the traditional system that works for some people. And I believe like if, if you want to get into banking, if you want to, to get into like top consulting jobs, go do a traditional MBA. But 99% of people just want to get the business skills they need, know the language and the frameworks, and then pay, uh, I don't know, like 100, 100K and, and take two years off and move to a different city uh, to learn outdated frameworks. I find it funny with me having just graduated from UCL. <coughs> so I got a history degree as well. And um, although I don't see the history degree in itself as particularly useful to anything that I did, like I think for a lot of business solutions and much like yours, you kind of have to be in and amongst it to know how much of a problem it is to solve. So you have to go through and experience it. So like, even though I look at my education in so many ways as like a waste of money, in, so, in some regards, I'm like, well, if I just went straight out of school into like the abyss and was like, I'm gonna become an entrepreneur, it doesn't really work like that. You've got to experience things in life and meet the right people and whatever. So yeah, I mean, obviously you did a history degree as well and, and then went on to a business degree. How do you sort of reflect on education? And, and obviously with this podcast, not everyone's gonna give the same advice. There are gonna be very academic people who give very academic advice, but for yourself and someone who might be relating to you so far in the episode, how would you, you know, advise people to treat education. So history and, and humanities in general taught me two very important things. First is how to write, and two is how to craft a good story or a good argument. Mm. And copywriting and storytelling are two of the most important skills in business. Um, and so, and it's, it's, it's crazy the extent to which my daily job today, <coughs> when I talk to investors, I, I tell them the story of like what we're building, where we, where, where we need to go, and why it will be a big company. When I try to hire people uh, to join the team, same. You know, you sell the vision, you build a story, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, when I go to those big entrepreneurs, CEOs, and ex executives, again, same thing. Um, so the, 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 there are some transferable skills, uh, the knowledge of like the Roman Empire, who cares? <coughs> that no, that's not the point. Mm. Um, yeah, <coughs> I, I, I really believe that there are some like foundational skills that you learn studying history or any type of humanities that can really be a massive boost in the, in the business world uh, and that I I learned how you analyze a wide range of information and try to make a compelling argument and like defending one point, one side of the story. Uh, and you know, like th this is what business is all about. Uh, you just like need to have a clear vision, tell them to people uh, and find the right people to, to, to do the job that you need to sell all the time. And this is part of storytelling and copywriting. Yeah, I definitely agree. I have a, a background in social sciences as well, and I think the biggest value really is to just be able to know how to make an argument, as you said, or know how to tell a story from beginning to end. 
Um, I'm very curious to hear a bit more about the time where you were at university, particularly at King's, because um, before the interview you mentioned that you started developing an interest in entrepreneurship during your time there. So I'm just curious, like, how did that come about? And maybe can you talk us through your ideas of the first companies you had and why it's they didn't bad. work? It's <laughs> very bad. It's, it, it's so bad. <laughs> um, and so I remember, like, we we found a very old pitch deck from like 2017 that I built with my current co-founder and we've been best friends, Roy, mm -hmm. since we were like 10. Uh, and looking back, we're like, okay, um, this idea was so stupid. It was like, uh, I'm, let's build an app where you can, s the app will tell you where you will be able to buy whatever, okay? Mm. She's like, who cares when you can just order that on Amazon? Or, uh, it, it was just like a very uh, simple like student idea. Uh, and even like the, the pitch deck, the way we presented it was, was just terrible. Uh, I remember also we were working on like an online gambling company, uh, classic student startup idea. Um, and the, the crazy thing is that I believe that since 2017, we've explored hundreds of ideas. Mm. And most of them were bad, maybe some of them were good, you, you don't know, you know. Uh, but the, the search is very uh, long and, paf and painful. And now looking back, looking back I, I know that there is an end to that and that the, the real entrepreneurship adventure, w like, starts at some point and, 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 and it all of a sudden you pick one idea, you focus, you focus and, and you build it. Uh, but when you're like exploring ideas and ideas and ideas, uh, you end up thinking, okay, this, like, this is never going to end. I'm never going to become an entrepreneur. Uh, every time I've got an idea, I realize two weeks later that it's not good, that it's not going to work, that it's not for me, that I can build it. Um, and you believe that you will never uh, escape this this circle, but it, but at some point it, it something clicks and 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 all the pieces fit, fit together, and then you you start the real entrepreneurial adventure. Uh, but was, there, there was a, a very long journey. It took uh, six years and probably hundreds of very very bad ideas. Mm. Correct me if I'm <coughs> if I'm wrong, but um, with myself, I had some also pretty questionable business ideas that I was thinking about and doing with other people while I started the graduate guide. But I never saw the graduate guide as a business mm. or my career or anything. But I, in the same way that we've all meant, you were just reaching out to people and as soon as you got that first yes, the business could start from there. So it wasn't, it was like one of those background ideas maybe you've been thinking about for a while and it was completely based on execution. It wasn't based on ideating or validating like the, the solution, you know, what you, the product you're actually making, it's like, obvious, you know, that's going to sell. People are going to want it if you can get it. So I guess it wasn't that, like, it's not that manic depressive of a business idea in that yep. you can you get a lot of satisfaction from even the conversations you might be able to have with that person, exactly. even if they say no. So was that, do you think there was a big reason for augmented success is, is, is that? I, I really like this point uh, because, like, Sometimes, and so this is very true, and it's very hard to realize when you are a student, is that you never know what's going to end up being a business. Mm. And your side projects that 
you just do it because you find it interesting or because you do it with friends or the music you do with your friends uh, or whatever you're writing on the side uh, with whatever project uh, you're undertaking <coughs> that might end up being a business uh, and I wish that five six years ago uh, instead of just like uh, thinking about business ideas trying to talk to people just to find the right one uh, exploring trends I would just have like just do stuff and some of them will take off and this may end up being a business or this may end up to lead to a new job or lead to an, an, uh, an opportunity uh, but uh, escaping this like thinking mode and like okay mm -hmm. I need the right perfect business idea to start with and this will be the start of my adventure and I will be now an entrepreneur and I will start my company this is bullshit uh, and I and I believe like I've been living this bullshit for five six years uh, instead of just like okay let's do something and see where it ends uh, it might end up being a business it might end up being like I don't know just a fun experience and and you'll give, you'll meet a bunch of interesting people you'll do something interesting whatever you learn at least mm. uh, but escaping this like thinking mode and brainstorming mode and having like a bias towards action uh, this is what I would strongly this is what I would change when I look at like the past five six years uh, of, of my life mm, I think a really beautiful story about Fairphone I don't know if you're familiar with that startup but um, it's basically they want to produce ethical phones so that with mm, ethically oh yeah, sourced cobalt and the founder before he started producing phones he just made a two-year campaign about sort of the cobalt exploitation and how bad it is and um, human rights violations behind it and then only two years in he sort of then had the idea to turn into a company and actually try to produce ethical phones so um, I know before you just said oh when you're a student just go and like do things but maybe you have some sort of more concrete advice, like what would you think if you're a student and you're sort of interested in entrepreneurship, maybe very general, and you don't have that many connections or resources, what would you see as the most valuable things to do when you're a student in that position? Like, um. So the most simple thing to do, mm. uh, and it's, al it, it, it always, it always, blows my mind the extent to which it works if you don't know what to do you're lost just pick a topic and write about it and publish that on LinkedIn or Twitter or any of your so social network uh, that's actually how I got my first job uh, I joined a unicorn company called Jellysmack and I was hired directly by the founders of the company uh, Jellysmack is creating content with top YouTube creators um, and you know I, I, I was studying at HEC we had like a big a big uh, work to submit at the end of the of the final year uh, and I just published it online I divided this work into a, a few blog posts and I published it online and like just like being out there sharing your thoughts mm -hmm. uh, showing that oh actually like you can think you've done research uh you're curious about like one very specific topic whatever it is 
will bring you so many opportunities. You'll meet a bunch of people. People re will reach out to you. And that will already put you in the 1% of people creating content versus the other 99% of people. Everyone is just consuming content all the time. Um, and so I don't know if it's like the most valuable thing, but if you, have, if you, if you, you don't know where to start, you've got some interest, just read a lot, write some stuff, publish that, and you'll have some opportunities coming to you. Because you, like when you're a student, you're like, okay, uh, I, I, I want, I, I want to, 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 to have some opportunities. And so you're always chasing new opportunities. Uh, but you, you don't know where to look for and, and you, don't, you, you don't know where to find them. Bring them to you. Attract them to you. And the best way to do that is just like write some stuff, publish content on the internet, and people will find you and come to you. Yeah, I think when somebody told me that your LinkedIn is your reputation. I was like, th that really, it made sense to me because when I was messaging people in the early days trying to get them on the podcast, like I'd done nothing. I'd, I'd just said, okay, I, I, I'm at UCL. And as soon as I'd started commenting on some people's stuff, like, oh, this is really cool, like what you're doing, or maybe even I invited some mates on that I did the first few episodes with, that's your reputation. Yeah. It's different to a CV. It's not qualification. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a yeah. completely different yeah. thing. Um, yeah. So that, that would be my advice is to, to think about, yeah, how you can build that online reputation for yourself so that you can leverage that whenever you go into conversation with anyone. And it's so easy. You only, like, write three, four pieces. Publish two, three podcasts. That already, that already sets you apart uh, from yeah. basically everyone else. Yeah, and... I'm curious with you, um, was it like, was there a point in your head where like, okay, so you were doing, say you got that job through building this reputation and whatever, but you have this, you know you want to be an entrepreneur. Mm. Like, a lot of people don't have their first successful company until their 30s or yeah. whatever, or maybe they have a career beforehand and they venture into it. But did you like, had you made like mentally decided, okay, I'm, it's entrepreneurship or, or nothing? Because for me, I think it's only recently that I got like the validation that I needed to kind of be like, okay, this all this stuff, work I was doing isn't just for a CV anymore. It's yeah. actually like yeah. for a, a reason for yeah. entrepreneurship. I've always wanted to be an, an entrepreneur. Uh, and coming back to this, like I, I was building pitch deck at, at uni just because I don't know. So yeah, I believe I've, I've, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, but you know, life is long and some days you, you just like talk to someone who is in finance and they tell you about their life and you're like, oh, actually, like, this is interesting. Maybe I should give it a try. And then you talk to someone in consulting and they tell you something like, oh yeah. Um, I believe that on average, most days I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, like uh, we're very, uh, I don't know. It's very easy to be influenced uh, by some people. And when you see someone who's passionate about something, you say, oh, I want to do that. And you're like, no, not really. It's just like the energy of this person was contagious. And so I wanted to do this. Uh, but I believe that most days I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, and when I started working, I, I worked for one year as a company. And I quickly realized that this would not be for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and I knew it because like uh, my colleagues were super fun. My job was super, super fun. I loved the mission of the company. I was paid well, blah, blah, blah. Still like, it wasn't that for me. Um, 
and and I remember having this discussion with like uh, when I told them okay but, uh, I don't know how I'm gonna evolve within the company uh, the co-founder of the company told me okay you, you need to talk to the chief product officer maybe he will have some opportunities for you and so I had a, like a, a chat and after five minutes is like no but you, like don't stay here uh, mm. you, 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 I, I, I know that like you won't be happy you want to start your own thing just go do it and he was perfectly right he knew mm. it um, yeah nice so I think the the idea of like being an entrepreneur as a student like it can be a very strong one and kind of you're young you're motivated you're like yes I want to do that but I feel at the same time that sometimes students have a bit of a like wrong or glamorized conceptions like what it means 100%. to be an entrepreneur so I'm very curious like your idea my uh, kings or maybe a uh, say of being um you know an entrepreneur and then actually going ahead and doing it and doing the grind and hustling through it like what would you say were some of the things that proved out to be completely wrong when you actually had your so business? So many things. Instagram versus reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many things. Um, I, I, I believe like the main thing is that I, I you, you think you want, like as a student, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, mm. um, but I had no idea uh, like what would be my life in practice. Like, what do you do? What's the, what's the actual job? <coughs> what are the skills that you need? Um, and and it's, ev it's even more difficult when, when you're a student and you have actually no professional experience. Mm -hmm. So you don't, you don't even know, like, how a normal company operates. So how can you have a clear idea of how you should run a company and what will be your role when you will be leading a company? Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it's all very, and I try to like remember how I was thinking about these topics. Uh, I believe it was like very vague uh, in my mind, uh, which is actually super okay. Uh, and this is like, this is not a problem. Uh, uh, and for me, for instance, when I say, okay, uh, I believe I, I, I'm, I find my myself in this exact situation today because uh, it was super, super vague and unclear and blurry, like what's the actual job, what's the, what do you do actually? Um, and now it's a bit clear, uh, and, and so you learn a lot, you listen to podcasts, you read a bunch of stuff, and you're like, okay, now I've got like, a clearer idea of like, how do you get an idea, how do you build the first product, how do you launch, and et cetera. And now I just came to the realization that, oh, okay, no, actually I've got like 10 people in my team. We just raised like 6 million. Uh, how do you bring a company from 10 to 100 people? Mm. I've got no idea. <laughs> and so I, f I believe I find myself in this exact same situation again. Where like, uh, and actually I just bought a book this weekend because I was like, okay, no, I need to learn this other part of the journey uh, that's still super blurry, super vague. I still have no idea. Um, and but it, 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 you know, this is a positive sign. It means that you're stretching. That means that like, you're, in, in your, uh, you're not in your zone of comfort. Um, and so that's how you learn and, 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 and that's how you progress. Mm. So in that quest of like trying to build a company from 10 to 100 people, can you talk about 
your most important advisors and relationships, and particularly the relationship with your co-founder, because you mentioned earlier that he was with the, you know, he's your friend, and you started multiple businesses with him or had ideas, and you're still now, you know, uh, co-founders. So how did you kind of know that he was the right person to build a business with? Because I imagine not every friend is suited no. for that. So, yeah. Um, so I've always wanted to build a business with Roy. I believe I had like a wrong idea or like there is like this kind of myth that if you're the business person, you need a technical person. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's like it's important to have complementary skills in a founding team. Which, he, which this is true for some projects, of course, like if you're building a deep tech project, you need at least one engineer in the team. Um, but most projects are not really that technical. Uh, and the one thing that's very important to know is that co-founders breakup is the first uh, source of failure in startups more than lack of product market fit, more than competi competition, more than everything else. Mm. Um, and so picking the right co-founder is, 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 is probably the biggest uh, and most irreversible decision that you will make as an entrepreneur. Uh, my two advice is one, go with a friend. Most people say like, don't worry. Of course, like you, you're putting your relationship at risk, mm. but you need to be aware of that you're going to spend so much time with your co-founder that if he's not a friend or someone you really enjoy spending time with, it's going to be very, very tough. And second is work with some, like, uh, find a project and do a trial. Work together before embarking to, like, in, into this, like, very, very big adventure. Mm. So it's always easier to pick, like, a, a colleague or someone you've, you have experience working with and you know how this person reacts in a stressful situation. You know how this person celebrates wins. Or, uh, and so having this type of experience of like, okay, we've actually worked together, and we've got a course with that, uh, with Steve Chen, he's the founder of YouTube, and he's teaching on Augment, how he picked uh, Chad Hurley, his co-founder at YouTube, and how they've worked together for six years at PayPal, mm -hmm. and they knew exactly how the relationship was and, and, and functioned. And, functioned. Uh, and that minimizes, not eliminate, minimizes the risk of co-founder breakup. Mm. I think in the early days of business, it's drilled into just say yes to everything, right? Yeah, and, yeah, um, 100%. And, and it's a, something that I was actually very natural at, like, saying yes yeah. is something that's kind of ingrained within me uh, and weirdly and I know this will be even truer on your side of things like there's a point you don't know when it's going to happen it just happens randomly that you need to start saying no to people yes. preserve the quality yes. and stick to the mission statement of your company obviously with you like you get these top dogs on and then there's people that want to be associated with those yes. other top dogs by virtue of teaching on the same yes. course of how course. do you Every day, people <laughs> come to us and, and ask to teach on Augment. Oh. And we say no. Um, but but I, I love what you said, uh, the fact that like, uh, when you start, you just need to say yes to everything. Uh, and, I, and I remember uh, when I was a student and I was like, 
coming to London, I would post on LinkedIn and on Twitter, I'm coming to London, who should I meet? <laughs> and I would take any meeting, yeah. didn't care, you know, and you never know <coughs> where it will lead. Uh, and so you've got time. Um, and that's how I met some really, really good friends. Uh, I, I met them on, on, on Twitter and on LinkedIn, and I went skiing, skiing with them last year, mm, you know. Nice. Um, so, uh, so yes, say yes to everything. Uh, and then at some point, uh, you will have to start to say no, but I still continue to say yes to most of the things. Uh, I, I can relate. I actually said yes to you coming on this podcast yeah. yesterday. You know, can you believe and it? I, <laughs> I, I, I texted you yesterday uh, and it was like, uh, actually, I'm in London tomorrow. Uh, let's do this. I was like, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think even with that, I, I was saying only a few months out of university and there's an element of like imposter syndrome that is inevitable like when you know whether it's i mean you're a very personable nice guy but it's also what you're attached to and like who this episode will then go out to that's just like okay this is happening like when you even when you were like okay let's do the giveaway we're doing a giveaway by the way 10 students um yeah more on that later but um yeah i just want to ask about um those relationship with those founders like Obviously, you've probably met them all at least once to secure them for oh, the yeah. company. Yeah. And like, these are like the top business people. Yeah. What's your relationship with them? Are they, are they like mentors? Do they really buy into more than just like delivering that one course and then it's like actually being part of Augment or like, you know, is it just like you do the course and you move on? It depends. Uh, some of them, it was like very. It was just like one time, it was f fun experience, um, and that's it. Mm. And for some of them, we're like still really, really close. Uh, we chat on WhatsApp, uh, some, like sometimes we, we, we go and, and meet them again. Um, but what's for sure is that this is a very special project for them, for most of them, almost. almost almost all, all of them, is the first time they're building a course. And the process is, uh, it's not like uh, a, a random keynote interview or, or podcast. There's a lot of preparation. Uh, there is a script, there is uh, a coaching, uh, a few coaching sessions beforehand. Production is super, super heavy. We've got like 30 people on set, three cameras, just so that the quality is cinematic, super, super high. Uh, and ever, like similar to what you can see on Masterclass or Netflix, we're using the same cam cameras, same type of technology. Um, and so like this is something big, if we, and it's, it's the first time for most of them. Um, and there is like a very, uh, you can be the founder of Wikipedia, you can be, be whoever. When you're sitting down and there are like 30 people in front of you looking at you, you're nervous you're nervous. And so there is like this human element to it, adrenaline during the filming that I love. Uh, and, 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 and production is super, super, super fun. Uh, and that builds great relationships because like you've, you've lived something that was uh, emotionally intense mm. with mm. someone and that, leave, that leaves marks. 
So, like, obviously, when building the relations with such important founders um, who have probably like endless things to tell, right, about yeah. their business and stuff. When you sat down with your co-founder, what were sort of the the product development um, ideas behind it? Like, where do you even start the course? Like, what are the key lessons to teach? Where does it end? So, can you talk us a, a bit more about how you build augment like with the specific courses and what it kind of teaches? and some of the experience that people had going through the course, right? What's different about it than watching some YouTube videos or actually listening to podcasts that you listen to? What do you think is the real added value of it? So the, the, the original idea behind Augment, it was just so simple. Mm. It was just like, let's make the best business courses, best production, best instructors, best quality, best brand. And, and there are tons of business courses. We just like, okay, what would make it like, there are a lot of courses that are, are like 10 out of 10. What makes it like the 12 or 15? Uh, and so I believe that, and I'm, I'm sure you, you will agree with that when you are in uni at university, the quality of the course does not depend on the topic, but it depends on the, on the teacher. Um, and so from the very beginning, the idea was just like, let's get the best teachers. Uh, and the main difference is that we do a lot of work and a lot of preparation, uh, much, much, much more than any keynote or podcast. And so how we started, for instance, was uh, coming back to the story with Chris from Shazam. Mm. When, when we went to, met, to meet him in San Francisco, we had 50 pages of notes. We knew everything about his life, everything about Shazam. And we had two interns who read everything, watched every single YouTube interview, whatever, of himself, of his three co-founders at Shazam, everything. And so we had a very detailed plan of like, okay, we've, we know everything about you. These are the 10 topics where we believe you're the, you, you, ha you have you're potentially the best teacher in the world mm. because of your unique experience and unique learnings. Uh, and so the, the, all the, the, the method uh, of course creation is so important. And, 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 and there is something that I, I always tell the team in terms of like content creation. Uh, people feel the work. It's super hard to fake it. They feel the passion, they feel the work, they feel that, okay, you, you, you've actually, uh, there is no shortcuts in content creation. People talk about AI stuff, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not true. Like you need to be uh, intentional, you need to know exactly what you want and you need to put the work so that you can produce some quality content. That's like uh, one of the core beliefs. Uh, and so I believe that this is honestly what makes the one, the project, appealing to them and that's what makes it special and not just like a random keynote because those guys are invite, invited all over the world to give speeches in front of like whatever audience uh, and that what makes them super super special yeah and then also they can go on to get a signed certificate from yeah. chris barton himself exactly so. and so for the students uh basically we package all the, co the courses into one big program. It's an alternative MBA. Now we've got also an entrepreneurship program, uh, which is a bit shorter. Uh, 
And in the main program, the Alternative MBA, we teach finance, leadership, strategy, marketing, entrepreneurship, management. So like the, the, the typical business course curriculum, but we teach it with like real world examples uh, from real companies and real founders. Uh, upon completion, people can get also a certificate that they can put on LinkedIn. Certificate is signed with, by Chris himself, the founder of Shazam. Uh, and there is also, we're building a community element to it. Actually, I'm in London because last night we had the first in-person community event with well, 35 Augment alumni in London. Uh, most of the alumni are in the US, uh, but we also have some in London. Uh, and so it was just so, so nice. I'm still high uh, <laughs> just because like, it was so nice to meet everyone in person. Uh, you know, like we've been building this business for uh, 18 months uh, and it's all online, it's all digital, so it's good, and you have like conversations with students and clients, etc. So uh, there is some sort of interaction, but nothing beats that mm. in person, face-to-face, uh, -face, uh, and just like having the entire Augment team and then like 35 students in the same room, enjoying some drinks, uh, some food, and connecting. That was, that was just like uh, a magical moment. And so we will also, uh, invest a lot more in, in the community aspect of it. And this is also why we, we, we just raised the $6 million. Oh, you've been, you've been amazing and, and you have such an infectious energy. Um, and I can see why people would want to invest in you. My final question of the episode to you, uh, and I ask all my guests this question. When you were studying history at King's, thinking about being an entrepreneur, you would have had a certain idea of what a successful career would look like to you. you know, few years on, loads of learnings. What does a successful career look like to you? It's interesting because uh, redefining success all the constantly, I believe, it's, 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 is a really good practice. Um, for me, I'm still like at nowhere near where I want to be. Um, the main difference between myself from like, like five years ago and today is that I, I know now that I am an entrepreneur and that I will be doing that for the next 30, 40 years. I don't know. I know this is my first company. I know there will be many more companies in the future. Um, and uh, honestly, the, 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 the maybe the, the, the main difference is the, the notion of like having fun. Uh, and I'm building this company because yes, I believe like this is a good business and this like this will be uh, a viable company with like healthy unit economics and blah, 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 blah. But also it's just so much fun to build. With like, you, you, you talk to interesting people, you do production, you bring people together. We had the community event in London last night. It's just so much fun to build. And having like this element of like, okay, I'm doing that because of course I see, uh, I, I see like the the path for this company to become like a huge massive business success but also like there is no other company I would want to build because like, I, I'm having so much fun and the team is having so much fun having this 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 element of just like enjoying the the, the, the moment and the journey uh, and of course the goal is important but just like uh, you leave good experiences, you meet with interesting people, you learn a lot, you do things, a lot of things for the first time, uh, which for, for me is very, very important. Um, I believe like this is 
this is a different way of, of looking at like what success looks like. Uh, and this is something I always tell the team. In 20 years, we will look back at this moment in time and uh, this will be like the good old days. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you, you always want to be living in, like looking back. And you know, you know you're in the, the good old days, even before it's old. Uh, uh, and, and that just like tells you how much fun you can have uh, while, again, we need to build a business and we have revenue, we've got investors, we've got customers, we've got clients, etc. Uh, but we're just enjoying ourselves and that's the best. Marlene, thanks for co-hosting with me today. Thank you. Um, so nice to, to, to have you, so nice to, to, to meet with your listeners as well. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. That was great. Pleasure. Cheers, mate. <laughs>